1: husband is to lead his wife by making decisions in the home and delegating responsibility to his wife you see you cannot have a 50/50 marriage it doesn't work that way the Bible doesn't teach that way if you do that you're going to have chaos and confusion there has to be a final authority in any organization on any team
2: chaos and confusion it's sad to say but that's a pretty accurate description of the condition of far too many marriages. Even among Evangelical Christians. Thanks for tuning in to Verse by Verse. It's a radio Bible class that takes us verse by verse through the Word of God. Today we will hear the final part of Pastor Steve Kreloff's messages concerning the role of the husband. It's part of a series of messages about the biblical family. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff has been ministering since 1981 at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. This radio program is an outgrowth of that ministry. We believe that while listening to the verse-by-verse radio program, you will hear expository teaching that is clear, incisive, and relevant to our lives today. Let's listen now as Pastor Steve shares what the Bible says about being the decision-maker in the home.
1: Now here's the point that I want to make. It is only a spiritual husband under the control of the Spirit of God who can be a real leader to his wife. Because non-spiritual husbands are selfish. They're selfish. And that's the natural tendency of all of us, sinful beings that we are. Non-spiritual husbands are not willing to sacrifice. They're not willing to set aside their personal desires. Their attitude is, I'm the king. You married me. You do what I say. That's a non-spiritual attitude. When a husband says that, you know that he's not walking the Spirit of God. A non-spiritual husband will not give of himself his time, his resources, his energy to do what his wife desires because he is the king of the home. His attitude is that. Now, in what specific ways does the Bible tell husbands to lead their wives? This is, this is what we want to focus on. What specific ways? And I realize you don't need me to tell you something that's so obvious as I said before, someone already wants a rebate. So I can't give two obvious things two weeks in a row. But you don't need me to, uh, to say that a husband ought to provide financially. He ought to provide shelter and food and protection. These are the necessities of life. You can figure that out on your own. That's so obvious. You don't need a message on that now. But there are certain things that are not so obvious, and that's what I want to focus on. In what way, specifically, does the Bible tell a husband to lead his wife? You ought to write this down. Number one, he is to lead her spiritually. He is to lead her spiritually. Jesus was the spiritual leader of his disciples. In fact, they were called disciples because they were were learners of him. That's what a disciple is, someone who, who sits at the feet of a teacher and learns. In fact, they called him rabbi because that means teacher. He was their teacher. They were his learners. He was their spiritual leader. Jesus taught his disciples. How did he teach them? Uh, Two ways. He taught them with words, and he taught them by example. With words, they were sometimes formal sermons and messages. Other times, he just grabbed and seized the moment and gave them informal teaching. But he also taught by example. There are statements in the Bible in which he often said, follow me. Or, uh, I have left you an example. They saw him praying. They had observed his prayer life. And they turned to him one day and said, Rabbi, teach us to pray like you pray. Why? Because he was an example to them in their their prayer life. So therefore, as Christ is the spiritual leader to the church, so husbands are to be the spiritual leaders to their wives. Now let's get very specific on this. First of all, they are to teach their wives. You know that? Many men are not aware of that. 1 Corinthians 14, you ought to turn there because you're probably not going to believe me uh, if I just say it out loud. But 1 Corinthians 14, verses 34 and 35, tell us that a husband ought to be able to teach his wife You have Bible answers for his wife. Now men choke on that one for a while. Verse 34, let the women keep silence in the churches. For they are not permitted to speak, but let them subject themselves, just as the law also says. And if they desire to learn anything, let them ask their own husbands at home. For it is improper for a woman to speak in church. And apparently, uh, what Paul was was dealing with uh, was, was disorderly women, who apparently were disrupting the church service at Corinth with asking questions and, and uh, yelling out things. And it was a very disruptive type of situation. And Paul says, listen, you ought to be quiet in church. And if you have any questions, ask your own husbands at home. They'll give you the answers. Don't, don't shout them out here and don't create chaos and confusion. And that, that was the history of the church at Corinth. Now, a, a very significant question is this. Men, could you answer your wife's questions about the Bible? Most of the time, it's the other way around. The man's going to the wife. For, for answers. Can you answer your wife's Bible questions? Can you lead her into truth? Do you walk with Christ enough to give her spiritual insight and help? Now I realize some at this point might say, listen Steve, you don't understand. I work all day. She's at home. She can go to all these ladies Bible studies. I can't. First of all, because I'm not a lady. Secondly, we don't have anything like that in, in the church. Throw that excuse out. I know many men who work long hours, who have difficult jobs, who are students of the Word of God and are spiritual leaders to their wives. It just means getting up a little earlier, going to bed a little earlier, studying the Word in those early morning or late hours. It means instead of coming home and listening to music or television, they're studying uh, the Bible or listening to a cassette message. It's a matter of priorities. We find the time to do what we think is important, period. It's not a matter of how long you work. It's a matter of what you consider important. Men are to be spiritual leaders to their wives. They ought to be able to teach them. That's what the Bible says. You ought to be a spiritual example to her. Now, let me ask you something that has to be said, or I should say not ask you, I just asked you something. Let me tell you something. It has to be said, though it is really Unpleasant. Many Christian husbands fail miserably in the area of being a spiritual leader to their wives. Just plain and simple. They fail miserably. I've lived long enough to observe that. Most of the time, the wife is the primary mover of spiritual activities in the home. You see that so often in Bible-believing churches. She's the one who makes sure that the family is ready to go to church. And how do I know this? You say, have you been in every home? No, no. But... I know it because if she's ever homesick or she's out of town for some reason or she has to work or something, rarely do you see the husband get the children here and himself here. They take off that Sunday. Why? Because mom's not there to do it. You know the sad thing about that? And I've seen it many times. The sad thing is that that husband, that father, that man is sending a very loud message to his children. And the message is this. Christianity is for women and little children. It is not for real men. That's the message. That's the statement. Whether you said it verbally or not, that's it. And there is a perverted view of Christianity that it is for women and little children. It is not masculine to be a man of God. And listen, over the years, artists don't help. They often have painted an emaciated, effeminate looking Jesus. Hate those pictures. I want you to know something, that Jesus Christ was all man. Not just theologically, but he was masculine as a man. He was not a weakling. He grew up and worked in a carpenter's shop before there were power tools invented. Now you put two and two together, that he had to have strong muscles, strong biceps. He had to be physically strong. In fact, we know that when he went into the temple area and he did this twice and saw all the hypocrisy and the crooks, People who were just cheating other people in the temple. Religious people who were cheating others in the temple area. He kicked over tables and no one resisted him. Why? Not because they said God is here. No, because a strong man was there who they knew was right with God. That's why. That's why none of them said let's overpower him. Because they saw a specimen of a man who was who was all man. And he was a perfect man. That meant he was tender too. So he could cry at the funeral of his friend Lazarus. Now, where are the men who are to be spiritual leaders? Where are they? You tell me. It is not difficult in a church like ours to find godly women. In fact, when when the elders consider who should be a deaconess and a deacon, uh, it's really quite simple to find deaconesses. It is really tough to find deacons, and especially elders. Now, I say that as a shame to us. It's a shame but husbands are to lead their wives spiritually by example, by encouragement, too. And, and it is the husband's role to give his wife wise counsel about spiritual matters and to spur her on when she's discouraged and to call her to do what's right even when her feelings are wrong. That's what leadership is all about. To say, listen, we're committed to doing what's right regardless of, of our emotions reminds her to think biblically. That's, that's what leadership is. isn't just going home and preaching. In fact, it isn't going home and preaching a sermon. I don't your wife doesn't need a, another pastor, she needs a husband who will lead her. And so you need to encourage her and, and uh, help her when she's discouraged to think biblically, to do what's right, to spur her on for spiritual ministry and activities. It ought not just to be the other way around, that she is the spiritual leader. So, men, the question is will you lead your wives? Will you do that? You don't have to go to Bible college or seminary to do that. That's a, that doesn't make one a leader. It just gives you a degree, that's all. Will you be the man of God that she needs? And you may think, well, I'm a man of God. I, I provide for her financially. I provide for her. I give her shelter. I, I, I buy her things. Yeah, but that's so obvious. Everyone, Every man's supposed to do that. You don't even need to be a Christian to do that. Take the greatest pagan can do that stuff. But it is a man of God who is to lead spiritually there's also specifically another way that we are to lead not only spiritually but we are to lead secondly by making decisions and delegating responsibility making decisions and delegating responsibility a good leader makes decisions any book you read on on management principles knows that you know anyone who would read that would would know that But he also makes sure that he doesn't make all the decisions because he delegates responsibilities and decision-making to those under him. This is the way Jesus did it. I want to just give you an example of this. Let's look at Matthew chapter 21. And I give you a number of examples, but uh, Matthew is, is a good one. Matthew 21, 1 and 2. Now what we're saying is this. Jesus made decisions, but he also delegated to his disciples to do things. He didn't do everything by himself. He delegated and gave them responsibility even though he was the leader. Matthew 21, verses 1 and 2. And, and you're very familiar with this, I'm sure. When they had approached Jerusalem and had come to Bethpage, to the Mount of Olives, and Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied there, and a colt with her Untie them and bring them to me." Why didn't he do it? Gave them responsibility. Certainly wasn't because of laziness. I'm giving you a responsibility to set up for the Passover meal. That was the Passover Seder that night. Uh, another example, uh, well, you don't even need to turn there, it's so, it's so uh, well known. The Great Commission, Matthew 28, Jesus said, go into all the world, to all the nations, not just Israel, and I want you now to preach the gospel and make disciples. Say, so, why didn't he do that? Because he's delegating to us. That's why he's given us the commission to do that. So when you look at his disciples, and and when you read the gospel accounts, you see this very clearly. He gave his men clear and specific directions so that they knew what was expected of them and how they should go about their tasks. Now, in the same way, a husband is to lead his wife by making decisions in the home and delegating responsibility to his wife. You see, you cannot have a 50-50 marriage. It doesn't work that way. Bible doesn't teach that way. If you do that, you're going to have chaos and confusion. There has to be a final authority in any organization, on any team. And in the the team of husband and wife, there has to be a final authority. And God says that it is the husband who's the final authority. This does not mean, though, that the husband makes all decisions. It doesn't even mean that the decisions he makes are always the right ones or the best ones. But it does mean that that he is to make decisions, but not all of them. And let me tell you why the husband is not to make all of them. This may be new to some men who don't think their wives should do anything, have any kind of input. Listen why you should not make all the decisions. Two reasons. Number one, because you are incompetent in every area. Okay? I mean, that, that's probably a revelation to most men. You are not competent in every area. There are certain things your wife knows more about than you do, so let her handle it. God has given her, your wife talents and abilities and gifts, and, uh, and there are certain areas that she's better equipped to make decisions in than you are. A good manager of people understands when he sees someone who has a, a strength he does not overlook that strength. He uses that strength. He realizes that that strength is not his, but it is the one that he manages. Secondly, and the most important reason why a husband should not make all the decisions is that it violates scripture for a husband to make every decision. Why did God bring Eve to Adam? To be a helper, a helper. That's right. God gives a wife to a man to be useful, helpful, and a great blessing. She sent as a helper, so let her help. Let her help. What this means, man, is that the wife is to be your chief advisor. That's right, your chief advisor. You best serve her by letting her know that you have confidence in her opinions, in, in her suggestions, in her advice, and her requests. Christ Does Christ show confidence in us? Sure, sure. He, in the sense that he gives us responsibility to carry out the Great Commission. He's given you a spiritual gift. He says, carry it out. There are a number of things you just do by... by uh, by sheer judgment calls and wisdom. He shows confidence in us. I remember when I first came on staff here, I started years ago as minister of evangelism, and uh, I would make, uh, on occasion, some suggestions. And I was astounded when, when those in authority took my suggestions. And they went with it, and some of them worked. And uh, you know what that did for me? It just built my confidence. I thought, you know, they think I'm important. They want my input. And so I began to give more input and more input. And, and that just built my confidence. Well, that's what you've got to do in a husband and wife relationship. Do not be bullheaded and stubborn and refuse to listen to your wife. And think, well, we'll do it my way because I'm the boss. That's just sinful pride. That's what that is. That has nothing to do with being a leader. It has everything to do with, uh, do with being a sinner. Now, on the other hand, and this is important, don't relinquish everything to your wife. Do you hear that? Don't relinquish everything to your wife. A lot of men do this and they take no responsibility. They hand everything over to the wife. You take care of the money, everything. I don't want to know anything. You take care of it. You deal with the children. You deal with all the decisions that have to be made in the home. And uh, I, whatever you want is fine. But you know what? That's wrong. That's really wrong. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Somebody is over at your house, they're visiting. And the men are talking, and the children are doing some things that they ought not to be doing, like twisting the, uh, the host dog's leg, or something like that. You know, And the dog is yelping, and, uh, and, and the women are over here, and the men are over here, and the, men, and the man looks up, and he sees what's going on, and he says, Dear, the children are doing something wrong. Take care of it. And he goes back to talking and solving the problems of the Western world. Uh, that is not right you ought to pick himself up and go over there and deal with those children. Or he'll say to the children sometime, he's, he's watching his favorite television program, and the children are fighting and bickering over something, and he says, hey, listen, stop it. Go to your mother. Take, she'll take care of this. Listen, that happens so often. That's wrong. That's wrong. There are some men who don't know what's going on in their children's lives. They don't, know, they don't have a clue about their schoolwork about their homework, about activities, about their children's friends. They know nothing. Their wife is given all the responsibility, and that's not right. And That is not what being a leader is about. You see, in our day, it's easy for a husband to lose touch with his wife and family. Easier now than it used to be. Because in years past, husbands often uh, worked in the communities that they lived, and so they could come home for lunch, and they, they knew what was going on in the home, but now... Now, generally, the husband is away all day, he's at home for a few hours, he travels, he's busy, he works late hours. If he's not careful, he's just going to forfeit being the decision-making leader of his home. He needs to delegate responsibility to his wife, but keep in touch, even if it means making a few phone calls a day. Keep in touch and be aware of what's going on. God holds him responsible to be that kind of a leader. He's to be aware. He may not do everything. Good leaders don't do everything. They delegate, but but good leaders know what's going on. So the husband is the one who makes final decisions, and he should get his wife's input and advice. But here's the million-dollar question. What if they disagree on an issue? Mm-hmm. What if the wife feels I ought to do this, and the husband feels I ought to do this? Now, you want the wife's input, but he's the final authority. Well, Biblically, if he's the head of the, of the home and the, and the head of the wife, he can go ahead and do what he thinks should be done biblically. He would not violate scripture if he did that. But I want to caution all of the husbands about doing this. You have every right to do this, but just because you have a right to do this may not necessarily make it the best thing to do. You may have every right and liberty to make a decision in spite of your wife's disagreement, but unless it is a biblical issue... I would be very careful about forcing an opinion on a wife. I would be very careful about forcing a decision upon her when she disagrees. Unless it's a biblical absolute, then you must obey the scriptures. You say, why? Why would you do that? I have every right to do that. Why would you caution me? Because you are her servant leader, not her dictator. A dictator says, woman, I said it. That's all that counts. A wants to serve her best interests. And he serves her best by respecting her opinion and saying, okay, I may not see it the way you see it, but I respect you enough. Let's pray about this. Let's pray together about this. Let's meet together specifically for prayer and wait on the Lord. It doesn't have to be done right now, the decision that is. And you know what? You do that and God's going to give you wisdom and he's going to change one of your hearts and probably he's going to change both of your hearts. I think that that's what wisdom would would dictate, and we want to be wise. So yes, you can go ahead, and you may uh, you may make the decision. And uh, if your wife disagrees and what we say, you may win the battle but lose the war. Remember, the issue is not your position of leadership. The issue is your responsibility of leadership, and that means being a servant. So, what have we learned today? We've learned that a man has the responsibility to lead his wife, not to inflate his ego, but to serve her needs, and it takes a spiritual man to do that. It takes a man who's committed to obeying the word of God. This is what she needs, a spiritual leader, one who will make decisions and give her responsibilities and respect her. Now, the only way a husband can be his wife's leader is if he's committed to being, first of all, a learner. He's to learn about her. And he's committed to being her lover. So he'll know how to lead and have the heart to lead by serving her in love. It all comes together. You can't take one of these and say, well, I think I'll just be a learner, not a lover, not a leader. No, you can't do that. It all has to flow together. Man, this is what your your wife needs. She doesn't need a dictator. She doesn't need a boss. She needs a servant who cares enough about her to lead her. Will you be her leader? Sometimes... Women are unfaithful to their Christian husbands because they're looking for a leader and they'll find it somewhere. Be very careful about that. Sometimes it's not physical attraction that leads a woman away from her husband, but spiritual attraction. God says you're to be her spiritual leader. Will you be that leader? Will you be aware of your wife's needs and take charge while still respecting her abilities? Now, here's what I'd like to do. I'm giving you an assignment today. Okay? The assignment is... Sit down as a couple and evaluate the husband's leadership in the family. Now, this may hurt and this may be meddling, but this is the place to do it. And I want to say also, young ladies who are not married and would like to get married, you need to evaluate men who you might marry in in light of this. Evaluate whether he's a servant or he's a boss. You don't want to marry a boss. You don't need a boss. You need a servant. One is committed to learn about you. One is committed to love you as Christ loved the church. And one is committed to lead you in a loving way.
2: Perhaps you missed the beginning of today's program, or maybe you'd just like to hear it again. If so, you can point your web browser to versebyverseradio.org. When you get there, you can download a podcast or simply listen online. There's no charge for this convenience. The website also gives a wealth of information about verse-by-verse, as well as links to all sorts of other information about verse-by-verse Verse ministries. That website again is versebyverseradio.org. To order a CD of today's program, call 727-441-1714. Leave a message including a daytime phone number and a member of our staff will return your call during normal office hours. The number once again is 727 727- Four four one one 1714 Verse by Verse is a faith ministry. We depend upon the gifts and prayers of interested listeners who have first been faithfully supporting their local church. We hope you'll be back in class with us again next time as Pastor Steve begins a new message. And we men can be relieved to know that this message will deal with the wife's responsibilities in marriage. Until then, may God give us each guidance as we apply what we've learned here today.
0: We are here to give you strength between.